Hi, I'm Hunter Poche, and on today's inaugural episode of the Hip Hop Profile Podcast, we're going to talk about none other than Cleveland's own Scott Meskety, better known as Kid Cudi. The inception of Kid Cudi into mainstream music and pop culture is one that I remember well and I'm quite fond of. I was 13 years old when I first entered my journey into the world of hip-hop. My 7th grade class was playing basketball and phys ed in good old Stonewall, Manitoba when Jay-Z's Empire State of Mind started pounding over the gym speakers. We were listening to Hot 103 and I quickly turned to my classmates and asked, Now what is this? I was so intrigued with the beat that it made me want to dribble the basketball I was so hesitantly bouncing with a certain type of swagger that gave me an unwavering sense of energy. The funny thing is that I may not have known who Jay-Z was, but I did understand the impact of what I was listening to. It was the number one song in the world at the time, but to me, it was just a song that made a 13-year-old kid feel a way that I haven't felt since I heard the Beatles come together for the first time. When I got home later that day, I took out our family's Toshiba laptop, opened uTorrent, and downloaded Jay-Z's entire discography. Now I had heard of various hip-hop artists before. Lil Wayne's The Carter Three came out almost a year before, and Lollipop and Amelie were still being blared all over the radio. It also felt like half the school went to Kanye West's Glow in the Dark tour in 2008 in support of his album Graduation, but I had never really delved into the discographies of these artists. The Blueprint 3 was my real introduction into hip-hop and the album that made me fall in love with the genre. Blueprint 3 had a ton of Jay-Z's usual collaborators, but also introduced a new generation of artists who are now themselves solidified veterans. Rihanna, Drake, J. Cole, and of course, Kid Cudi. Cudi was featured on the chorus of the Kanye West and No ID produced Already Home. This podcast is based on the influence of Cuddy in mainstream music nowadays, but at the time, he was only a new face in the industry who had recently been signed to Kanye's Good Music imprint. This was my introduction into Kid Cuddy, but let me paint more of a picture of how hip-hop was starting to take over the entire music industry, along with where Kid Cuddy started lacing his footprint on many of the industry veterans. In 2008, there was a shift in the hip-hop world that now stands as the blueprint to rap music and a majority of pop music. Lil Wayne is coming off his monster of an album, The Carter Three. Over one million physical copies of the album sold in its first week. This turned Wayne into a megastar and spawned the international hit Lollipop, an auto-tune-soaked, melody-driven symphony. If you were a Wayne fan in 2005, this would have been something that you wouldn't have ever been able to conceive. Wayne's music in just a matter of years went from bar after bar of intricate lyricism to an auto-tuned, drug-induced ooze. What makes this even more historic is that Wayne perfected both styles so well in a time where it was original and helped create the sound that every young rapper wanted to sound like. One of Wayne's main collaborators produced two songs on the Carter Three. And that, of course, was none other than Chicago's own Kanye West. It's hard to ignore the fact that Kanye was becoming larger than life. 
In November of 2007, just two months after the release of his third studio album, Graduation, Kanye's mother, Donda, passed away. This sent Kanye into hiding from the public eye, which was always heightened due to his erratic behavior. When Kanye was grieving behind the scenes, mourning the most important person in his life, he also departed from rap in total. This tragedy in Kanye's life spawned what is typically called one of the most influential albums of the 2000s. 808's and Heartbreak was released just over a year after the death of his mother. This is the album that changed the course of rap and pop in the 2010s. A fully auto-tuned Kanye singing on every song over simple 808 backbeats. The subject matter on the album turned to the terrible events and feelings that had occurred to Kanye over the last year. Kanye was always honest about how he felt, but on Wax, this album was dreadfully polarizing. 808's also brought something to the world that went on to influence a generation of musicians. A 24-year-old collaborator from Cleveland, Kid Cudi. Cudi was featured on the song Welcome to the Heartbreak and also had four writing credits, including the song Heartless, which reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. This was the first of many times Kanye and Cuddy would collaborate, and as Kanye's newest signee, Kid Cuddy was almost ready to take on everything that was coming to him. Scott Meskety was born on January 30, 1984. He grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. In rap music, Cleveland is probably best known for bone thugs and harmony, Harmony and melody are what separates Cuddy's music from a lot of the artists in 2007-2008. Everybody knows his drowsy, powerful, low-toned hums that lace most of his tracks. But he was able to mix in his mental state and emotion into his raps and singing that wasn't necessarily the coolest thing to do at the time. There was a lot of pain and self-reflecting in Cuddy's music. Bar cries from, say, uh, T.I. Whatever You Like or Jay-Z's Swagger Like Us that was dominating the hip-hop charts at the time. Kid Cudi, on the other hand, was about powerful space synths. 808 drums, rapping, singing, psychedelics, and most importantly, mental health. In the summer of 2008, Cudi's mixtape, A Kid Named Cudi, was released by streetwear brand 10 Deep and independent label Fool's Gold Records. Kid Cudi's day and night single was making its rounds in hip-hop circles prior to the release of the mixtape, and that made Kanye West take interest as he would quickly sign him to Good Music, the label that also held the likes of John Legend, Common, Big Sean, and Consequence. Following the mixtape and signing to Good, Cuddy was now backed by a major label in Universal Music Group and by his mentor, Kanye West. The bulk of the album was recorded in Hawaii, New York, and Los Angeles. The LP was a genre-melting concept album that entered the dark mind of a depressed, anxiety-ridden, and lonely Scott Meskety. The album was called Man on the Moon, The End of Day. This album is really the beginning of Cuddy's influence on a personal level. He had already helped make hits for legends, but now it was his time to shine. The album is an opus of 808 synths and hip-hop, followed by mixes of psychedelia and rock infusion. 
Man on the Moon spawned the hits Pursuit of Happiness and further solidified Day and Night as a smash. Even though it was previously released, it now made it to number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Man on the Moon is where Cuddy was able to rap and sing, but not by relying on autotune like his predecessors Wayne and Kanye. Cuddy's melodies on his first two projects were laying the groundwork for what all modern hip-hop and pop are focused around nowadays. Now I'm not saying Cuddy invented the genre in which he dominates, but he did do it better than everyone else in a time where it wasn't the cool thing to do. Now I could talk about Cuddy's next two albums, Man on the Moon 2, The Legend of Mr. Rager, which is actually my personal favorite of his, or Indicut, but I don't really have to. To show what Cuddy put down on wax from 2007 to 2008 was a stamp on the music industry that would never be wiped off. Cuddy would continue to feed Kanye West with material throughout the 2010s, even though he had a rough departure from good music in 2014. Cuddy and Kanye even collaborated later on the critically acclaimed Kid See Ghost album in 2018 that featured numerous festival appearances from the group and a perfect 10 from Anthony Fantano, the internet's busiest music nerd. From 2008 to the present, many artists have delved into the mindset and genre mixing that Cuddy inspired. Most notably, Drake on his 2009 breakthrough mixtape, So Far Gone. Travis Scott, who is one of the biggest artists in the world today, has gone on record to say, Kid Cuddy saved my life. Scott is definitely one of the easiest artists to tell that Cuddy had an effect on. Other notable artists that share the same sentiment and influence of Cuddy are Future, ASAP Rocky, Donald Glover, Schoolboy Q, Kendrick Lamar, Logic, and Jaden Smith. Not to mention the Juice Worlds, Little Uzi Verts, and Playboy Cardis of the world. That's a lot of great artists that have created their sound with at least a small part of Cuddy's ingenuity. The rap world wouldn't be the same today without Kid Cuddy. And as fans, I think we could all agree and be happy where he is as a person today, both physically and mentally. Shout out to Kid Cuddy and keep on chasing your pursuit of happiness. Well folks, there you have it. The first hip-hop profile podcast. I hope you all enjoyed and I hope you hit the like button, leave a comment, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.